Good morning. Man, that was weak. Good morning. There you go. Good morning. Good to see you. Welcome home. Good morning to those that are online. We're glad you're here this morning. We started a brand new series last week called Big Questions. And Pastor Adam did a great job unpacking the first question that we talked about last week, which is, who is God? If you're an atheist, you're a Christian, you're somewhere in between, at some point in your life, you've asked the question, who is God? And Adam did a great job unpacking that he is the Father, he is the Son, he is the Holy Spirit, he is love. And so he did a great job with that. And if you haven't heard that message, I encourage you to go back and watch that. And it's just done very well. Today, we're asking the question, what is Scripture? Say that with me. What is Scripture? Now, some of you may not remember this song, but maybe some of you remember the song, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. If you know it, sing it. I stand alone on the Word of God. Hold it, hold it. The B-I-B-L-E. Right? Thank you. We have CDs in the back if you'd like some. But man, if you went to vacation Bible school when you were a kid next to Father Abraham, you heard that song, the B-I-B-L-E. And there's a, there's a line in that song that says, I stand alone on the Word of God. Let's say that. I stand alone on the Word of God. In fact, if you're a believer, there are going to be times that you're going to stand alone sometimes. Amen? But the reality is today that we are called to stand on the Word of God, to stand on His Word. And this morning, I don't think it would be hard to convince many of you today that people are standing not on the Word of God, but, but on a lot of other things in our country and in around the world. And really what birthed this series was the fact, we actually were planning on doing a different series, what birthed this series is that people are walking around not knowing who God is, not knowing what His Word's about, not knowing the essentials for what it means to follow Christ. So as we begin to talk about it and pray about it, this series got birthed. And so we're going to be asking some big questions this morning, or actually over the course of this series. And today's big question is, what is Scripture? So um, here's what our Nazarene manual says. We believe in the plenary. Plenary for our kids means absolute. We believe in the plenary inspiration of the Holy Scripture by which we understand the 66 books of the Old Testament, and the, or 66 books of the Old New Testament, given by di- divine what, church? By divine inspiration, inerrantly, meaning God's word is without error, revealing the will of God, let's finish it, connect concerning us in all things necessary to our salvation. Okay, so that's kind of what we believe. So here that leads to our first point. God inspired people through the Holy Spirit to write the scriptures. So today we're going to know what we believe. And the truth is this morning when you're ministering to people, when you're walking throughout this life, it's important that you know what you believe and why you believe it. And we believe that God's word was inspired by people through the Holy Spirit to write the scriptures. Now, some of you could say, well, how do you know that? Well, we believe in God's word. We believe in what God's word has to say. We believe it's without error and we believe it's the roadmap. It's the book, the compass for everything that we need to do to do and to live from how we speak to people, how we handle people that have hurt us, how we handle with grudges. Everything you could possibly think of deals with in God's word. And here's what it says about um, God's word being inspired by people. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own what church? 
Okay, it didn't come about by prophet's own interpretation. Peter says, For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from what? From what church? But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So this morning, as we think about God's Word and we think about what it means to our lives, we need to understand that what was written in, in here was from God, inspired, God, people were inspired by God through the Holy Spirit to write His Word, okay? Which leads to number two today. We believe in the authority of Scripture as followers of Christ, okay? Now, when you're out and about, you're in high school, you're in grade school, you're in elementary school, you're an adult, you're wherever you're at, every person that you run into is under some authority. Might be their own authority, might be under their parents' authority, might be under over, you know, some celebrity's authority of what they should act and how they should see themselves. Everybody is under authority of something or someone. But as a follower of Jesus Christ, if that's your desire, if that's not your desire, you probably have a different authority. But if your authority this morning is for Christ Jesus to be the head of your life, then we believe in the authority of Scripture as followers of Christ. Okay, here's another way to say it. God inspired it, which means ultimately He wrote it. And since God wrote it, we should dedicate ourselves to following it. Can I get an amen? Amen. Listen to this. God inspired it, which means He ultimately wrote it. And since God wrote it, we should dedicate ourselves to following it. Okay? So here's an example of following God's Word. If we're reading His Word, we're hiding it in our heart, we're trying to follow after what He has for us, okay? We come across lots of scriptures. Here's a scripture that we come across. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which who established? Who established? That which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by they have been established by God. Well, I don't want to go 70 miles an hour. I want to drive 95. I just feel like driving 95. But if we look at this scripture, this is just a silly example. But if we look at a scripture like that and we see that God has given people authority and established those things, and we realize God's plan is us to obey the law. I mean, there's lots of different examples we could give here. Consequently, 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 he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so, let's read it, will bring judgment on themselves. So as we read God's word, it has authority in our lives. Now, the only time that we're not called to submit to the governing authorities or any authority in our life, there's one exception to that, and that exception is when those in authority ask you to do something that goes against God's word. And we're starting to see that in our culture, aren't we? And we're, I wish I could tell you it's going to get better. But the truth is there's going to be times where if you're falling under the authority of Scripture... It may go against what someone's telling you to do or, or how to act. We believe in the authority of Scripture in our lives. We also believe that God's Word is living and active. Say that with me. God's Word is living and it's active. Listen to this. For the Word of God is living and active, Hebrews says, sharper than any double-edged sword. <clears throat> it penetrates even to dividing soul 
and spirit. Have you guys ever had someone in your life that just cuts through all the junk and tells you what you should what you need to hear? Just I mean, I've had some people in my life. I have a friend named Noel George, and man, he'll just ask questions like, "Whoa, he's just coming straight at it." When I was a youth pastor, not with everybody, but with a certain group of kids that I had built relationship with, they'd just be talking to me like, how's your purity doing? Like, Ugh. Like, just cut through all the bull and let's just talk real. How's your purity? Man, God's word, it, it, it penetrates and it divides soul and spirit and it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. I was talking to this introverted person one time and they said, man, I'm so glad people can't read my thoughts. Did you know that, that God knows our thoughts too? You may not say you hate that person out loud, but if you hate that person in your heart, God knows that. He judges our motives. He judges our hearts. He judges our attitude. He just judges what we say and what we don't say. And just to give you an example, another example of what I'm talking about today, there might be a time in your life where God asks you to do something. Hey, I want you to go witness to your neighbor. I want you to tell someone about Jesus. I want you to go sit by that kid at the lunchroom or whatever. I mean, all kinds of examples we could give here. And we justify, okay, at some point I probably need to do that. Man, I need to go do what God's asking me to do. I need to take that job that he's telling me. I need to accept the calling he has for me. I need to stop this activity. I need to start this activity. I mean, whatever it is God's saying. And we start justifying in our minds why we're not acting on it. And remember what we just read about God's word penetrating through all the bull. And you come across the scripture right here that just kind of cuts through all of that. And it says, let's read it. Remember, it's a sin to know what you ought to do. That's a penetrating verse. So you start justifying why you're not going to do what God's asking you to do. But then you come across something like this. It says, it's a sin to know the good you ought to do. And you don't do it. The other thing we know, it's active, it's sharp, it's alive, but it also makes you wise towards the, towards the ways of God. Did you know that? There's a lot of people walking around, they're not reading this. And the truth is, this morning, if we don't read this, it's hard for us to be wise in the ways of God. Listen to this. From infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you, able to make you wise. For salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. If we read his word, it's not going to make us foolish. It makes us wise. It gives us discernment. It helps us to see the difference between right and wrong. You know, the danger in trusting your feelings and impulses with right and wrong is your feelings, they come and go. God's word is, is steadfast. Listen to this scripture that Paul writes to Timothy in the second book. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching. And what, church? Did you know sometimes we need rebuked? 
Some of us, maybe all of us at times, none of us like criticism, but sometimes we can't even handle constructive criticism. Well, I just don't want them telling me what to do. I just don't want my parents telling me what to do. I am 18 years old, and I know what's best for me. I know that because I said that when I was 18 years old. Okay, I actually said that before I was 18 years old. But this boring message that Pastor Kyle is preaching up here, if we read God's word and we submit to it, we're to honor our father and mother. And if we can't learn, I mean, adults too, if we can't learn to honor our parents, how are we going to honor anyone else? And those of you who've worked with kids or, or do work with kids, we see people who aren't taught to honor parents or honor anyone for that matter. And that's really what's wrong with our culture today. I'm not trying to get on any kind of a soapbox this morning. But we're called to take rebuke sometimes. Now, we have all know people who haven't earned the right to rebuke or take advantage of it and take it too far. And that's a whole other discussion today. But sometimes when we're walking with the Lord, He kind of rebukes us. That's usually when we're supposed to apologize. God's Word, it teaches us, it rebukes us, it corrects us, and it trains us for what purpose, church? What is it? Righteousness, right living, living as God would have us to do. Why? So that we may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God wants to equip us. I don't know if it's like the Batman movies or James Bond movies, but there's these movies where these techie people are in the background and they're like, Batman, I just made you this new gun that's inside your shirt. And he starts explaining how to, to use it or your watch is going to turn into something. He'll tell him how to use it. What good is equipment with no training? What good is something that, that has all these capabilities if no one has, knows how to operate it? And how can we apply something that we don't know anything about? See, God's Word, it equips us. The other thing that's important for us to remember, because we all face persecution sometimes, we all face trial, trials, we all face temptation we all deal with things sometimes that are difficult. Did you know God's word is our weapon against the enemy's advances? Amen. Let's read that. God's word is our weapon against. Notice it doesn't say people. It says the enemy. When you read that scripture that we're going to get ready to read. In fact, let's just read it now. In Ephesians chapter 6, it says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You see in Scripture where they're telling you to take your stand and to put on the helmet of salvation and the belt of truth and the feet 
with the gospel fitted for peace and, and the breastplate of righteousness, the only offensive weapon listed is God's word, which is called the sword of the Spirit. But as Pastor Adam said in the first service during the prayer time, our struggle is not against people. It's against the enemies and the rulers and authorities of this world. God's word is our weapon. Many of us have seen this scripture before. Here's an example of what it means to be in the sword of the spirit. If you have a, if you have a child at home, you want him to memorize this. If you're struggling with some kind of temptation, which we all do at times, we want to memorize this. This is, this is an example of what it means for God's word to be the sword. You're in a compromising situation. Jesus was. We just talked about it a few weeks ago. He was in the desert. He was hungry. And he quoted scripture, which is the sword of the spirit, to defeat the enemy. You're somewhere and someone's tempting you in some way. And you've hidden God's word in, in your heart. Remember the scripture that says if you hide God's word in your heart, it helps you not to sin against him. And you're in that spot. And this scripture comes to your mind. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is what? He's what? God is faithful, church. Did you know that? Those online, God is faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful when you're tempted. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also what, church? Teenagers, what? Adults, what? He will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. The issue is not that he doesn't provide us a way out. It's, the issue is we don't always want to take the way out. Christ's word, God's word, is a weapon. I just want to tell them off so bad. I am so tempted. I am tempted to say exactly what I want to say. I am so tempted to hate them. I am so tempted to take this grudge and just bury it. I am so tempted to do the wrong thing. My feelings are telling me the wrong thing. If my feelings were a song, they'd be, if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be. You want me to sing that song? I know you don't. I'm not going to sing it. If loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. If, if saying the right thing is right, I don't care. I want to say it. It feels good. Oh my word, it feels good to smack them. Some of you are laughing because you've been thinking that on the way here. <laughs> I hate him so much. I hate her so much. Man, what if we base things in life off feelings? There's a lot of people sitting in jail because they listen to their feelings. God is faithful. And one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. 
and your feelings. Listen to this, students. Adults, too. Your feelings are telling you these things, but walking with Jesus. God, I want to do this. I want to say this. I don't want to take that job. I like my job. I don't want to move. I like where I'm at, but I know you're calling me to this. Man, Jesus went through this. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. You don't think, I mean, we know that he went to the cross and died and all of that. But the scripture says, he says, not my will, but yours. But right before that, he says, listen, if you can, if this cup can be passed from me, I'm good with it. I mean, in that moment, you, Jesus is like, I don't want to do this. And in that moment, that scripture comes to our mind, God, you are faithful and you can provide a way out for me not to say this, not to do this, not to take a step back, but to be what you've called me to be, Lord. I exercise self-control through your spirit, because I can't do it on my own, through your spirit. God's word is a weapon. Listen to this quote by Charles Spurgeon. I love this. The word of God is like a lion. You don't have to defend a lion. All you have to do is let that lion loose and the lion will defend itself. Man, God's word is, is amazing. God's word will not return void. Amen? Aren't you glad? His word will not return void. And you can build your life on his word. In fact... If you love God, now think about this for a minute. If we love God, we kind of have to love His Word. Listen to this. Jesus said this. If you love me, you will obey what I command. If you love me, you will obey what I command. Well, where do, we, where do we find what he commands? In his word. So if we love God, we're going to love his word. Now, I don't have any kids that are into synchronized swimming. My oldest son, my, my daughter, and my youngest son are not into synchronized swimming. But you want to know something? If they like synchronized swimming, guess what I'd do? I'd like synchronized swimming. I'd go out and get a t-shirt with their name on it and say, Woo, show me how this works. I never played soccer in my life. For a while, a couple of my kids played soccer. Guess what I did? I went to soccer games. Some of you dads have kids that are in dance. Dads, I bet you never did dance. But I bet you go... Why? Because you love your kid or your grandkid. And whatever they're into, within reason, right? You want to understand it. If we love Jesus, Jesus' plan for us is to know this and live it out in our lives. So as the band comes this morning, it's a shorter message today. I want to ask you a question.
What would happen if we read his word regularly? Think about those times, because I know there's too many in here. Think about those times where you said what you wanted to say, but then you had to apologize later, or you didn't apologize, and other people just know that you should have and you didn't. Imagine what would have happened if you would have been reading his word regularly. Maybe, maybe you wouldn't have said it. And this, here's one. Here's one. Well, I meant what I said, but I, I am sorry for how I said it. I don't take back what I said, but I am sorry for how I said it. Man, when we've done that, I wonder if reading his, if we'd have been in his word that day, if maybe that would have helped. So what would happen if we read his word regularly. Do you have a time every day where you read his word? If you don't, develop that time. I can tell you this. I probably would have made a little bit different decisions in college if I'd have been reading his word. We can't say we love God if we're not interested in learning about God and in learning the ways of God. Jesus said, if you love me, you obey what I command. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, hey, let's stand together this morning. Well, hey, before we, uh, before we worship, we haven't done this in a while. COVID has made, made things kind of weird, obviously. We have these things called anointing oil. And in James chapter 5, it says if someone is sick, that that the elders of the church are to pray over them and anoint them with oil. So maybe you have something you need healed from, physically, emotionally, financially, spiritually, whatever it is. Maybe you have someone you'd like to pray for. You say, hey, would you pray for this person? Maybe you know someone who's getting ready to go in and have surgery. It could be anything. If you'd like to come down, we're not going to be weird, okay? We're just going to ask you what you'd like prayer for. You can tell us as little or as much as you want. We'll make the sign of the cross on your forehead and simply pray for you, okay? I'll be standing over here. Pastor Matt will be right over there. And we're just going to hang out there and sing with you guys as we worship today. Amen? Amen. Let's worship.